Hi, welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. This is the podcast from movie fans for you, the movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Denlevy, joined once again by Rob Dunham. Hey, everybody. Hey, so what what, uh, what soccer shirt you got on today? This is uh, New York Cosmos throwback jerseys. This is actually what they looked like back in the 70s. So I like to wear this around. It's like a sweater. Uh, I actually wore this while I was just outside running, which um, I don't know if I would advise running in 30 degree weather uh, so much, but I've done it two nights this week. So if I can do it, you can. But should you? Not really. <laughs> I, I've made my limit 23 degrees. If it's 23 or lower, <laughs> I don't run. Otherwise, that's I'll a good, good right plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good plan. I like it. All right. Well, this is not a running podcast, unfortunately. It is a movie podcast, and we've got a great show in store for you. We are going to break from our normal format, and we're going to give you a whole rundown of a bunch of movies that are coming up. Uh, So look forward to that. We'll do a discussion about how we typically evaluate movies as we watch them or when we watch them. And then, of course, we will give you our watch list. All right, Rob, we got a lot of content. Let's get started. Let's do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down a number of films that are coming up over the next few weeks and months and years even. And uh, we're going to just give you a rundown of some of the stuff that's in the pipeline. And we're going to do it in order. Uh, so stuff that's coming out right away versus stuff you're going to have to wait a couple of years for. Uh, So we'll start out with one that's coming out this weekend, Marvel's Eternals. Uh, So Rob, what do you, uh, what do you make of Marvel's Eternals? Uh, Of course, this is the newest addition into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the Eternals are in fact, a, a group of warriors who have protected Earth since the dawn of man, when an enemy they thought was extinct magically shows up the eternals are brought back to try and save the planet so rob what what are you thinking about eternals how, how do you feel like this is going to fit in and are you excited about it um i think it kind of opens up the marvel cinematic universe we've seen some echoes of this if you want to think about like dr strange I think uh, delves into some of this. Thor, obviously, as a like god, um, delves into this as well. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, we started to push out a little bit into space, and Captain Marvel also had some of that. But I think this just is the bar for that and kind of shifts the entire focus of what the universe is about. So it's not so much just the Earth anymore, it's the universe. Uh, obviously they're focused on protecting the earth but it's not the only thing they're concerned with and I think um, there's a lot of potential for this to really change the paradigm of what the Marvel Universe is and I think it's really hard to fit it necessarily into a trailer so it's hard to know exactly where everything is going because you see a trailer and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen now in this yeah. movie. But the reality is we see like, what, 40, 50 seconds of a 
two and a half hour long movie. Like there's no way you know everything that's going to happen. And I think even with, I think it's even more so with this because in a lot of ways, it's very high concept and out there compared to some of the other stuff that Marvel has done. So I have really no idea where it's going. I think that's an exciting thing. So we'll see. Yeah, for me, the big question is this, is how will it differentiate itself? Uh, because basically what it looks like is you got, you've got a race of beings, you've got an enemy, they're battling for Earth. Okay, it's a storyline and a plot line that we've seen many, many, many times. How are they going to extinguish themselves? Are the characters going to be great? Are the characters not going to be great? Um, are they going to base it more on story or more on action? Um, like you were saying, I don't really have a sense as to where this is going to go. Uh, but my, what I'm looking for is, is this, will there be some originality in this? Is this something that that actually opens up the world and takes us somewhere? Or is this just like a cookie cutter action movie from Marvel? All right, so that's Eternals. We'll move through these relatively quickly, given the uh, length of what we're doing. Uh, so that's Eternals. That comes out on Friday. That will be in theaters this weekend. And uh, make sure you go check that one out. The second one we want to delve into is Red Notice. Red Notice is a film from Netflix. It will have a limited theatrical release uh, beginning this Friday. So if you happen to be near one of those theaters that is showing it in person, uh, you can go see that in person. Otherwise, you can see it on Netflix on November 12th. Uh, Netflix, uh, Red Notice is a movie that is led by stars. Of course, you have um, Ryan Reynolds, you have Gal Gadot, and you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And it's kind of supposed to be a slapstick comedy action movie, heist movie. And uh, there's supposed to be a lot of humor in it. Uh, Rob, what are, you, what are you making about this one? How intrigued are you with Red Notice? I think anytime Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds are involved at this point, it's kind of like I watch it. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll be any good or not, but I'll watch it. And it, just based on some of the reviews, I didn't delve too deeply into them because I don't want the entire movie ruined for me before I watch it. But it seems like the consensus is that it is a bit formulaic and I would not necessarily be surprised by that. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't have every movie that you make be original. <laughs> no, this is true. When you're when you're a star like this, and I'm sure that they were paid well to make this movie. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure it'll make me laugh, but I'm uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's kind of just another movie and it's not super memorable. But I think there's a place for those kind of things. I don't think every movie has to be a masterpiece. Um, sometimes you just want to watch something and laugh or appreciate some action or, you know, be scared or whatever emotion you're looking for. So I, I'm, I, I've tried not to hate on too many movies because they all serve a purpose for the most part. So we'll see, except for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which <laughs> serve no purpose for my life. Ah, uh, yes. Uh-huh. Always comes back to that, doesn't it? Uh, it does. I was hurt. <laughs> yeah, for me, this one, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm not, I don't have big expectations for it. Uh, I have, like I've said this a number of times, I've yet to see a movie produced by a streaming service that's actually like really, really high quality that is a fantastic movie. They're all like borderline between bad and okay. And I, I feel like this is going to be more towards the okay. Um, what they've done in some of these movies is they'll, they'll cast big stars to get you to watch them and uh, hopeful that you will kind of ignore the lackluster production value and sometimes the lackluster stories, which is similar, but in a different way to what uh, Lionsgate did in the early 2000s when they were trying to build up movies, they would, they would get the really, really unique original script and then throw a big name actor into play it uh, in hopes that that would draw you into their unique original scripts. I think this is similar in that it's just like, hey, here's here's some big stars that you know and love. Uh, come watch this movie. So we'll see. All right. Next up on our list, uh, coming up December 17th, another Marvel movie. Yes, that's right. We get another one. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, Rob, this promises to be a massive, massive film. Uh, what are you thinking about this and the direction they're potentially headed with No Way Home? I'm really, really intrigued by what they're going to do exactly with possibly multiverse in this movie. Because mm -hmm. there have been a lot of rumors about there being multiple Spider-Men in this movie or certain characters appearing in this movie. And you wonder what's true and what's not. Uh, you wonder if it's really going to live up to the hype. If, I'm not going to spoil it for everyone, but there was another movie that recently came out, very recently, still in the theater. <laughs> um, draw, draw your own uh, conclusions there, connect your own dots when it comes to superheroes and movies that are currently in the theater. Yes, but uh, there it looks like there's going to be a character also appearing in this movie that is very exciting and changes things also for the Marvel Universe. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think Tom Holland has been fantastic as Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, he has the perfect attitude, plays it the perfect way. I think that he is Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is what Spider-Man should be. I'm not so sure about like the brooding emotional spider um, emo man or whatever, <laughs> spider boy that we've had in the past. <laughs> Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield. I, I much prefer Tom Holland's version. And he said that this feels like wrapping up whatever that is. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they conclude that how they stick the landing with the third in the home trilogy for spider-man yeah. and i have no reason to believe it'll be anything but really good because the first two have been fantastic so yeah i view this film as the linchpin for what's to come from marvel i feel like this is the one that's going to draw uh, us in the direction that it's headed 
I, I feel like this is really going to be the one that sets the table. I mean, we've had a couple of Marvel movies and maybe Eternals will go this direction too. Uh, but the, the ones we've seen so far uh, have still been kind of small in scale. And this is, I think, the one that's going to tell us where we're headed. And I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about the potential of this movie. And I agree with everything you said about Tom Holland. He was very, very good. I did like the other ones. I didn't, didn't dislike them, but I think Tom Holland is the best representation of that character. And it will be interesting that he views this as, as like the conclusion of a trilogy. Uh, and and I, I like that. And that doesn't mean there won't be more Spider-Man movies. It's just he was kind of indicating if they are going to be more solo movies, they're going to have to be different. Uh, so I wonder if this movie will set the stage for what different looks like. And so that one's coming out around Christmas. So we've got that to look forward to around the holidays. Uh, the next one that's coming out February 4th is Moonfall. Moonfall is a, uh, a really interesting movie. Um, and this one has Halle Berry in it. And it uh, looks, uh, looks like a kind of disaster slash action slash hero space type sci-fi movie. And uh, it's got a number of, it's got a number of decent cast members in it. Rob, did you get a chance to check this one out? I did, and I am a sucker for things falling out of the sky and destroying the earth. I hear so, you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Armageddon, Deep, Fan Pack, Greenland, Moonfall, I'm all about these kinds of movies. So, I, I'm i excited. This is the kind of movie I, I like to watch and just turn my brain off mm -hmm. and just forget everything that's real, since this obviously will never happen, probably, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> But I just, I love some of the nonsense that you see just in the trailers for these movies where they're flying in the spaceship and he says, where are we? We're inside the moon. <laughs> and you go, that's the best sentence that anyone has ever said. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that is a great sentence. And I cannot wait to see exactly how they got inside the moon and what the moon actually is. Because apparently, the not solid. So apparently, apparently we got yeah. that going on. So yeah. yeah. Well, I guess yeah. we'll we'll see what's going on with the moon and why it's gonna fall out of the sky and kill everyone. Can't wait. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love it. Uh, just a classic action, you know, sci-fi movie with the ridiculous premise that you can just go off with. I mean, there's there's been a number of these over the years. Um, I'm I'm hoping it's you know that deep impact, you know, Armageddon type feel to it. Uh, Independence Day, you know, the best of those type of movies. I'm hoping this falls into that category. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But it's interesting. And it's also interesting that you get another Halle Berry space movie. She's uh, she's put out a couple of those uh, in recent times. So, yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Moonfall, February 4th. All right. Now we get a little farther out with our next one. And that is Lightyear. Yes, Lightyear, and that is, in fact, a reference to the Pixar character Buzz Lightyear. Uh, this one is interesting. I, I didn't think that they were going to go this direction and that they were going to resurrect uh, this character yet again, uh, but 
Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear is back. Uh, this one's coming out in summer 2022, starring Chris Evans. And Lightyear goes to space, gets a space adventure. We're, we're, we're loading up the space movies here. Rob, what did you think of Lightyear? So I've been pretty hyped about this movie since I first heard about it because it's not a typical Disney Pixar feel good kid movie. This is the story of Buzz Lightyear. So um, I like how they described it in the article uh, that you sent me where it says um, that this is the action movie that they were thinking was created that caused Buzz Lightyear to become a popular toy. This is why Buzz Lightyear is played with by Andy, by everybody, why there are so many um, boxes of him in the toy store for sale because it was this famous movie um, character. And this is the movie. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Buzz Lightyear. And it'll be interesting slash weird to hear Chris Evans be Buzz Lightyear <laughs> because I'm very used to hearing Tim Allen be Buzz Lightyear. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how to feel about that, but I guess, you know, since Tim Allen was playing a toy version of Buzz Lightyear, he was never the real Buzz Lightyear to begin with. So it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be, um, it'll be cool to see what mannerisms they keep, uh, what speech patterns they keep, those kind of things when it comes to Buzz Lightyear, because is the Buzz Lightyear toy just a caricature of, the real Buzz Lightyear, do they act nothing alike? Do they act pretty similar? I think that's a fascinating part of this to see what they do with the character. Yeah, I, I the visuals on this are really, really cool. They, they did not go with the traditional style of animation for uh, the original Toy Story movies. It's, it's very different and it's really, really cool looking. And they really looks like they've done a fantastic job with the look and the feel and the sound uh, of what they're going for. This, this is going to be a different style movie. And I think there's a lot of potential in this one. Um, I, I'm very intrigued by this one. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I just love animation in general. So anytime you switch it up with a character this famous, it, it's bound to... Um, be a unique experience so looking forward to it yeah and it's interesting that they were able to find a direction to take a spin off on this in something that you're you're still intrigued for um to, to kind of resurrect those character this character in particular without without it feeling like you're going back to the well too many times at least that's what it seems mm. all right now moving even further out in time an update on Oppenheimer. Yes, uh, I think we mentioned it on one of the recent podcasts that Christopher Nolan is back with a new movie. And this one is scheduled uh, to be released July 21st, 2023. So yes, we are a year and a half out now on this particular film. And this will be a biopic uh, about Robert Oppenheimer, the famous uh, nuclear physicist who helped develop the first atomic weapons for the United States. 
And what we've got on this one is we've got an update on the cast. Uh, there's, this cast has uh, a number of big names set up in it. We've got Cillian Murphy to play Oppenheimer. We've got Matt Damon signed on for this. Emily Blunt is signed on for this. Robert Downey Jr. is signed on for this movie. And we have to conclude, um, we have to conclude that um, another character will be in this particular film because he's been in all of uh, Christopher Nolan's movies. And uh, now I'm blanking out on his name. I had it like two seconds ago. Uh, yes, of course. Um, let me look it up here because now I can't remember it anymore. <laughs> uh, Michael Caine, of course. How could I forget Michael Caine? We have ah, to assume Michael that Caine. Michael Caine is in this movie somewhere because Michael Caine is always in Christopher Nolan's movies. Uh, sorry for the brain fart there. Uh, Rob Oppenheimer. Interesting choice. Interesting choice for Christopher Nolan. Apparently, he's limiting himself to a $100 million budget for this particular film, which probably concludes him actually detonating a nuclear weapon, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, you got to be method all the way, you know? Got to. If yeah. people don't have their skin falling off, then what's even the point? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really love the story of Robert Oppenheimer and the development of the nuclear bomb. So it will be really uh, something to see this on the screen. Like I, I, I mentioned before, when we had talked about this briefly, that Fat Man and Little Boy, which is the only other big movie, I think, uh, about this um came out unless you want to count um dr strange love which i look at a little differently i don't i wouldn't quite consider it the same um i don't so i don't think the story has been told super much it definitely has not been exhausted as material and um i really am intrigued by him limiting himself with the budget and really focusing in on the filmmaking not that he hasn't been with big budgets but with a smaller budget it will be it will be uh telling to see what he does with shooting this and the choices that he makes and i think some of my favorite movies of his are ones that were done on smaller budgets like memento Mm -hmm. um so we'll see what happens when he is constricted a little bit in that way and the actors in this yeah (laughs) i mean like 90 percent of the budget if that's all it is must be going to these people (laughs) yeah 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 so it'll definitely be uh a different kind of christopher nolan movie that's for sure yeah good but uh, we've seen enough of him doing this big vast thing that it's going to be fun to see him go back and do something a little smaller scale, I think. Yeah, he really does like to challenge himself. And uh, films like Inception and Tenet challenge him in a way of like complexity and story making and trying to make it work. This is a different kind of challenge. He's taken on the challenge of representing a specific character on a smaller budget. 
And uh, as I've been reading his, uh, his kind of biography, the Nolan variations, one of the things he has said over and over again is limitations actually help you because they help you make decisions. Like if you know you only have two days to get a shot and once you get it, you got it and you move on because you don't have a choice. You have, it forces you to have to make choices. And so I think he's doing that for that aspect as well. Uh, but of course, I cannot wait to see this movie. And even though I've got to wait a whole year and a half, I'm looking forward to it already. All right. So now let's move on to two movies that have not much known about them other than the fact that they exist and they're going to they're going to be put into production. Uh, the first one, and this shocked me when I heard about it, Boondock Saints 3. Yes, there will be a third Boondock Saints. If you are not familiar with the Boondock Saints, uh, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) No, the Boondock Saints originally came out in 1999. Uh, It was was this crazy indie film uh, that did almost nothing in the box office and then blew up as a cult classic after it came out on release for DVD. it is about two brothers, two Irish brothers who take down some mobsters in Boston. And it is a unique film. It is incredibly unique. It is full of violence. It's full of language. It's full of ridiculous humor and outlandishness. Uh, but it's, it's pretty fantastic for what it is. Uh, uh, starring Norman Reedus and um, Sean Patrick Flannery. And... They did this film in 1999, as I said, and it became such a cult classic that there was such a demand for them to make a second one. It took them almost a decade to make a second one. Boondock Saints 2 came out in in 2009, and I didn't think we were ever going to see any more from this character. Apparently, there had been a falling out between uh, some of the actors and the the writer-director who wrote the first ones, but apparently they're back on board. And so I believe Norman Reedus will be doing this after he finishes up his uh, his work on uh, The Walking Dead. And I'm looking forward to this. Rob, did you ever think you'd see Boondock Saints 3? I did not. So I'm excited about it as well. So I really like these characters. I like the stories. Obviously, the first one, I think, is I, I, I don't think it's uh, questionable. The first one is better yeah. than the second one. But it's I would probably almost impossible to top what the first one was. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it, it just has a feel, it's this feel to it. It's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels right. Like it feels like this is how this movie was supposed to be made and no other movie could be like it. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very, uh, I guess I'm skeptical, but I'm also, hopeful that the third one can recapture some of that feeling so i guess we'll see what they Mm -hmm. do with it and where the story is because at this point we're over 20 years removed from these characters first appearance so what even are they (laughs) at this point i know i know it's it's unbelievable it'll be really really interesting to see and to find out uh, I'm just happy. I'm happy that it exists. Even if it's not that good, just getting to see another one of these is, is pretty fantastic. All right. So another return from someone you might never have thought you'd get a return from 
Let the doves rain forth. Woo! John Woo is back. That's oh, yeah. Right. John Woo is back. After nearly 20 years, John Woo is back with another film called Silent Night. And uh, John Woo is almost a caricature of himself sometimes with, uh, with movies like Hard Boiled, The Killer, and of course, the legendary Face Off as well as Mission Impossible 2, he's back with Silent Night. And apparently, this film will have no dialogue. Interesting. Interesting. No dialogue in this film. Uh, which means you're going to get a lot of John Woo visuals. I, I don't know about you, but I'm ecstatic to see what John Woo has up his sleeve after all these years. Yeah, I'm, I find this fascinating. I love when movies do something crazy and unique like this. The artist was kind of like this uh, silent black and white thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different genre. This is an action movie. So who knows if it's going to be good or not. There was an action movie a while ago that was all in first person. It was not very good, but the idea was cool. So it's still cool to watch, you know? So I think this will definitely be fun to watch. The question is whether it will be good or not. And we won't know until it comes out. So I guess we'll find out altogether. <laughs> yeah. 2003 with Paycheck was the last movie John Woo directed for American cinema. Been a long time. That's a long time. That's a yeah. long, long time. Of course, he is is known for some of his crazy visual effects, crazy dialogue, and of course, the ever-present doves. Yeah, I can't wait to see where the doves with no dialogue come into this movie. Yeah, you know they have to be in there. Like, it's not a John Woo movie if random doves don't start appearing everywhere. Those doves better not be making any noise or I'm going to be very upset. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up our highlight of upcoming films that will be out in the theaters over the next couple of years. Uh, so hopefully you uh, you get a little bit of glimpse and you are start to be intrigued by some of these things that are coming out. Uh, now we move on to a discussion, and I just wanted to I wanted to have us talk a little bit about how it is that we watch movies because everyone watches movies a little bit differently and has their own feel for it when it comes to like how do we evaluate it uh, when you watch a movie. How is it you decide whether you like it, whether you don't like it, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, Some people go in and they analyze every single second as the movies come into place. Some people just kind of ride the wave and then think about it afterwards. Um, Some people just go off a feel and never really think about it, analyze it or go forward with it whatsoever, you know. And then other people, I'm sure they do things other ways. So I thought we just dialogue back and forth a little bit about how, how is it that you, that you watch movies and evaluate them? Uh, so let's, uh, let's kind of go back and forth a little bit. Give me, give me something that you do uh, as part of your film watching experience that helps you evaluate it. The, and this goes back to something I said earlier. I think for me, it really depends on the genre. Mm-hmm. or what kind of movie I'm going to be watching because like I said end of the world movies I'm watching completely differently from three hour long dramas yeah uh-huh. <laughs> so there are a lot of movies whether it be end of the world type things or um, adult comedies or things like that where I go in with my brain kind of shut off like I said 
Yeah. Uh, action movies the same usually. Like I'm not going to the Fast and the Furious and analyzing every scene and breaking down like how it was shot or mm. how well the characters acted or any of that. Like we can we can go back and think about that later. So I think for me the first thing is that um, it varies for me depending on what kind of movie I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, for me, one of the things that that I've realized is I've kind of grown in my analyzing of films. Um, I still like to get the sense and the feel of a movie. Um, I I don't I don't necessarily want to be the person who's like constantly like thinking about every single thing as it's coming along. Like you want to kind of get swept up a little bit in the wave of the movie because the director and the and the movie is trying to take you somewhere. And if you're constantly stopping and evaluating that, you you miss out on like the ride, as it were, the ride aspect of it, as it were. Uh, so I've kind of tried to balance those two things. Um, I want to get a feel for like the sound of a movie, you know, get absorbed by the sound, you know, like Tenet. Tenet is a movie that the sound just comes out right out at out at you or or like you know, if you're if you're in a movie that has is really, really hitting you with the visuals like Tron or Blade Runner 2049, like you want to get caught up in the visuals or uh, or emotions. Uh, like if you're watching Saving Private Ryan or Forrest Gump or you've got mail or something, get caught up in those emotions a little bit that that helps with your experience of it. So I think there's there can be a mistake to overanalyze a movie while you're watching it. What else you got? I think that and this kind of dovetails to what you said that I kind of focus. I think for me, I, I t- typically not always, but typically tend to focus in on specific moments in a movie, whether it's mm-hmm. a song that was selected or a way a certain scene was shot or a line of dialogue. Like I'll leave, I'll leave the movie typically having two or three things in my mind of that was a really cool example of, x or i really like how they did that or that soundtrack was terrible and i hated everything about it looking at your original <laughs> suicide squad greatest hits volume one <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah there, there's always i think just little moments that i pick out or pick up on and they kind of inform me as i go back to watch the movie again because Typically, I won't make a judge, like a total judgment on a movie having seen it only one time. Oh, that's all. That's a whole different thing. But so when I'm going to the movie theater, I'm not necessarily looking for it to be the only way that I uh, grade the movie or decide whether it was good or not. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, for me, another thing that I like to do is I like to pay attention to what it seems the film wants me to engage with. What is it trying to tell me in those moments? Like, I try to pay attention to that. Like, if, if there, you get a close-up shot of an actor's face, it, you know, the movie's trying to tell you, this is what the character is feeling in that moment. Or you get an extended scene of exposition. And I started thinking, okay, they're trying to tell me where they're taking the story in this scene. Or if they introduce a character, start thinking, okay, why is this character here? What is this character's role in the film going to be? 
uh, paying attention to where the film wants me to engage with, I think is a, is something that I've learned to track with with when I'm watching films because it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot away, uh, but you get a good sense of okay I should pay attention to this or or this is what the film is trying to tell me in this moment. I think that really helps both with understanding and with being able to analyze it later. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, I do think that like in ge generally speaking overall I pay attention to maybe maybe the thing I focus most in on the first time watching a movie is the acting performances mm -hmm. because I think that's kind of a fairly easy bird's eye view thing to decide how quality the movie was and then you can go back and look at other things in the, with a more detailed view. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty easy to tell if people are not doing a good job. Yeah, that's for acting. sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's always something that I focus in on the first time I'm watching. And like I said, it also does depend on the genre because I'm not going to hold um, actors in a horror movie to the same standard as I'm going to hold actors in a period war piece or something like that so yeah. it really depends on what i'm watching exactly mm -hmm. yeah i think one more for me would just be i like to pay attention to what stands out like if something really stands out and and pops off the screen or is super unique uh i'd like to make a mental note of that as i'm watching the film like if you watch John Wick, for instance, the unique gunfighting style that is displayed in the unique way they're filming the action sequences really just jumps out at you. You're like, oh, this is different. This is unique. This is this is different. I like this. Uh, that's something. But it doesn't even have to be like good too. sometimes what stands out is bad. Like I am super confused in this moment. OK, I'm going to make a mental note of that. Like if you watch Wonder Woman 84, you spend like the whole movie like what the heck <laughs> what the heck is going on the first thing that that stands out to me is like why is why is he in somebody else's body who knows who knows but that that jumps out at you why why is it like that uh so that's that's a big one for me is just pay attention to what stands out both in your mind or on screen or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah all right well that's a We'll wrap that up there with our discussion of what you uh, watch when we, it comes to analyzing movies. If you have any of your own uh, tips or techniques or things that you like to do, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you and, uh, and hear what it is you do when you watch movies. All right, so let's move on to the watch list. Uh, movies that we watched over the past week. Rob, what'd you get? I went to the theater and watched Last Night in Soho, which I really oh. enjoyed. Um, I haven't been there yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I would say that <clears throat> we, we've talked uh, previously about where would the horror come into it? Where would, what yeah. would it be like? And I would, my opinion is that um, it was pretty much psychological terror. Mm. So I, there, there is some blood and stuff, but it's not the main thing that's scary. The thing that's scary is what's going on in the person's mind. Um, and I won't give away anything beyond that but 
it's a movie that spends you spend most of the time thinking one thing is happening and really is something completely different which i really enjoyed um anya taylor joy and uh who's the other person thomas and mckenzie thomas yeah thomas and mckenzie were both excellent in the movie and just continued to impress me with their acting ability and uh i also really enjoyed matt smith's role as uh as the uh businessman who is at the forefront of the past part of the story um edgar wright is just really a good filmmaker Mm -hmm. and i think he does a great job in this movie of keeping you engaged and it's not a movie that's i don't think it's not made to scare you like the story is being told and you're seeing how this person is being scared and that's why it's more like psychological because it's about what this person is going through and that's what's scary yeah that is a distinction yeah and i really enjoyed how it was done i really liked it a lot so last night in soho i'd recommend checking out if you are into that kind of psychological fear kind of uh subgenre of i wouldn't even call i i I personally would not call this a horror movie maybe some people would but i wouldn't um so i'm I'm interested in seeing what your thoughts are after you see it too yeah yeah for sure hopefully i'll get to it this week at some point um and that was pretty much all i saw this week so i was busy the entire rest of the week (laughs) Dude, I hear you. I moved this week and I barely had time for any movies. Between moving and the Braves being in the World Series, it was like time for movies was limited. But the I did get, winning the World Series. Winning the World play. Series. Yes, the Braves are World Series champs. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, got, I got through my rewatch of Dune. And uh, really still enjoyed that the second time around. Uh, I won't spend a ton of time on it because we've talked, I've talked about it uh, on the podcast. We've talked about it a little bit the past couple of weeks. Uh, But the main thing that really stood out is how they balanced the character development, the story and the visual element of it. It was really, really well balanced. And not all of those things were standout uh, but they all they all measured in equal parts, which is really, really difficult to do, especially with that level of complexity, uh, which is very, very impressed with with how it was put together by Dennis Villanueva. This really, really solid movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely see Dune. It did finish uh, number one in the box office for the second straight week. So nice. Go see it. All right, Rob, you got anything else? I do not. All right. Well, that is the show. Uh, Thank you for tuning in for Film for Fans. Uh, Make sure you rate, subscribe, and, uh, you know, just tell every single person you encounter, whether they're in the grocery store, in the restroom, or Mm -hmm. tell them to watch Film for Fans. Even if you've never seen them before in your life, just tell them. Even if you've never seen them, just walk up to people on the street and tell them. Just do it. Just whisper it in their ear, Film for Fans. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. You know? Start a revolution. Yeah. Engage in some psyops on, on, on our behalf. That'd be great. Yes. Love it. All right. Until next time, enjoy the movies.